This morning, we'll be looking at part two of the message that uh, was started last week. Men as witnesses at home. Last week, we established the fact that every man's witness must start from his family. That whatever we do outside that doesn't have a root in the family is very unlikely to last. God has placed men in the family to be a witness within the family, first of all, because the family is our first social environment. Hallelujah. It is the truth about it. Whatever is not true of us at the family level cannot be true of us outside. We can say it, but the truth of the matter is that that's not a true reflection of who we are. And so our weaknesses must start at home. The scripture is so clear about that. And last week we started looking at what it would take for us to be true witnesses and ambassadors of Christ at home as men. And we simply mentioned two things, which I'm not going to go over, but I will encourage my listeners, if you didn't listen, if you were not part of this meeting last week and you have not listened to the message, go back to the message, the part one. We said, God will have men embody faithfulness at home, to model faithfulness. We also went ahead to pick the second one, which is to model the fear of God, to teach the fear of God at home. They are key to our witnesses. And this morning, we move on from there. To be a true witness for God at the home level, a man must be a person of understanding. Understanding. That is one thing I want us to be aware of. The scripture clearly says it. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 
if you go with me to, did I say 14? Yes, I think I'm right. To verse 20. Uh, verse 20. Am I? Oh, sorry. I am. Whoever has found it to read it for me, First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. Okay, if you haven't found it. Brothers and sisters. Yes. Stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. Okay, um, that is good. Let me read my translations for you. My translation says, brethren, brothers and sisters, like you have said, do not be children in understanding. However, in, in malice be babes, but in understanding be men, be matured. Other translations say be mature. Hallelujah. If a man wants to show evidence of maturity at home, it must be a man of understanding. This does not exclude women. Like I told you, some of these things we are saying, but specifically the scripture, here you will see that it's about brothers and sisters. However, you will see a specific situation where the scripture clearly commands men to be a people of understanding is the way we show maturity. And a man must be a man of understanding to show maturity of a man at home. You wouldn't understand what I'm talking about, but if you go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3, you will see clearly that in the relationship between a man and his wife, the scripture actually commands men specifically to be a people of understanding. Hallelujah. Look at it. Verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, talking about the wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and has been heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Can you see that? Mm. So a man is to model understanding. Even though understanding is required by everyone, whether you are a man or a woman, as an evidence of maturity, a man is actually commanded to show that, to be an example of that, to have understanding specifically in relationship with the wife. What does that mean? Understanding is actually the ability to see things the way they are. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is to be able 
to appreciate the nature and the purpose of a thing or a person. is to be aware of feelings of others in their peculiar situation and circumstances. Hallelujah. If we truly want to be men, we must be a people of understanding. We cannot afford to be a people who are so narrow-minded about things. Narrow-minded people don't have a comprehensive view of things. Hallelujah. And of people around them. In relationship, understanding is key, isn't it? And for you to sustain a relationship at home, you must be a man of understanding. Because you are dealing with people with different temperament, different strengths and weaknesses. Our children, they come with different temperaments, and they, and strengths and weaknesses. Ability to have a comprehensive view of a situation, the people, is what understanding is. And that helps us in our, in our relationship with them. And here specifically in relationship with the wife, the scripture says, deal with them with understanding, giving honor. What understanding does for us is to be able to give due respect to people, due regard to people, appreciating them for who they are, recognizing their strengths and their limitations. Amen. Here, I know some people who don't want to accept, but this is scriptures. It says, uh, talking about the wife, relating to them, giving autonomy to them as weaker vessels. I know many people don't want to accept that. Are you getting me? But this is not about putting down one, the female, the female gender in order to exalt the male gender. It is not true. But let me ask you, if you don't believe what the scripture is saying, why is it, will you, how will you see someone, for instance, who goes to a shop and they have heavy things to carry? Will you go to that shop and point to the women who are there and say, come and carry this, where there are men there? Will you do that? Why? That's not stereotyping people. We know there are men, women who can who have strength, but generally speaking, you will consider it cruel that you have men there, you have people there who could do it by pointing to women to show that you don't understand them, you don't give them the due respect that they deserve. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's about understanding limitations. It's about understanding people, no matter how strong a woman is. The Bible says they are weaker vessels. And we must understand what the scripture is saying. They have their strength, but they also have their vulnerability. The Bible didn't say they are weak vessels. They said they are weaker, which means all of us are weak. All of us have our weaknesses. But there are areas the scripture is talking about here 
that shows that if you truly want to have peace at home and embody Christ, you must show understanding of the peculiar situation, nature and purpose. of the people that are within the house, especially here, the Bible talks about wives. Does this make sense to us? You can't afford to just maintain your own view about things without taking cognizance of the peculiar circumstances and situation of the people you are dealing with. Understanding helps us to be considerate, to show consideration. It helps us to appreciate, and it helps us to give due respect. Here he's saying honor to, due respect for. God doesn't expect us as men to deal with women as though uh, we are exactly, we are exactly have the same strengths. No, we don't. It's simple and it's straightforward. Amen. Or to feel and to think about situations the way we think about them. No. A woman may have a way of thinking and reasoning about something. But we must give that regard, due regard. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm praying that the Lord will help us to be a people of understanding as men in Jesus' name. What about with our children? Do you understand your children? their strengths, their limitations, their peculiarities. Because otherwise, we will not be able to lead a home that is peaceful and we will not be able to facilitate the growth and development of everyone in the way that God will have them grow and develop and actualize and become what God will have them be. That is why understanding is crucial for a man to truly represent Christ in the home. Hallelujah. You know that Christ, I mean, God himself deals with all of us with understanding, isn't it? Taking our different situations and circumstances into consideration in his relationship with us. Because of time, I wouldn't want to belabor that, but all of us as men, we must seek to grow and increase in understanding. Whatever that is. The next thing I'll be talking about, that God will have men and body. To be true witnesses at home, 
is courage. Hallelujah. Courage. Amen. Courage. Turn with me to Second Samuel. Second Samuel, chapter 10, I believe, and must be about verse 15. Second Samuel. In Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 10. Yes, I'm right. Second Samuel chapter 10, verse 12. Second Samuel chapter 10, verse 12. Be of good courage and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can someone read that from the old King James? The old King James. The old King James. Yes. Be of good courage. And let us play the men for our people. Let us play the men for our people. Let us play the men. Let us be the men. Let us be men for our people. I know we have courageous women. You can talk about them in the Bible. The, you know, Deborah, Esther, and those great women who were courageous for their generation. You will always find that. But generally, a man is to be a person who is courageous. And what does that really mean? It is the ability to stand in this face of danger or threat. Is the ability to stand, let me put it this way, on the side of truth <laughs> when it is difficult to do so. It is the ability to do the right things even when it is not popular. We must be a people who instill courage in our own families. That look, this is the right thing to do and we have to do it. Courage is not being arrogant and proud, I can do this, I can do that. No. It's about being able to stand for the right thing and do the right thing, even in the face of threat or danger. This is the right thing to do, and that is what we're going to do. And here we can see Joab encouraging the men, the people with him, to play the men for their cities. Be the men for our cities. Our generation needs people who can be men. Men at the family level. Things are changing fast, and we need people who can stand for the truth, stay on the truth, embody the truth, and do what is right. That's courage. 
It brings safety, it brings protection. Hallelujah. It takes courageous men to protect the vulnerable, isn't it? It takes courage to do that. Our generation is rapidly losing the people of courage who will courageously say, this is what is right. This is what should be done. This is how things should be done. And that is it. It's a difficult thing. But it takes men of courage to stand, even at the point of threat. May the Lord help us to be able to embody courage at home in Jesus' name. Amen. When the sheaves are down, it takes courageous men to lift others up. They say, no, all hope is not gone. There's something that can still be done. Every family needs people like that. I'm not saying, like I said, women cannot do this, but men should take the lead in some of these things. Amen. Amen. Courage. Instill courage. Bring hope, even in the face of difficulties and challenges. And if we are able to do that at home, we'll be able to do that outside the home. Whether it be in the parliament, whether it be on the streets, whether it be whatever, wherever it may be. We need voice of courageous people. And God specifically will want men to embody that. Like I said, we've seen women who did, but generally speaking, men should lead in that. Amen. Particularly in the church, You understand what I'm talking about? Stand for the truth, do the, do what is true or what is right. Amen. Let's move on quickly. What else will promote our weaknesses as men at home? I know there are things some of you are, were expecting me to have gone to, but I'm moving into them now. Turn with me quickly to Ephesians chapter five. The book of Ephesians chapter five and chapter six uh, up to verse, I think verse uh, nine of chapter six actually deals, if you read it carefully, it deals with, with relationships, with people outside, husband and wife, parents and children, uh, employees and employers. That's what that chapter deals with. But if you look at Ephesians chapter five, verses one and two, can someone read Ephesians chapter five for me, verses one and two? It specifically says something. It opens up with something. 
which shows that again, everyone is expected to do this. However, you will soon discover that at the family level, men should actually take the lead in that. Men should embody, men should exemplify, men should be the one to model it for the rest of the family. Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Yeah, and then, two. Uh, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an Amen. offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Amen, praise God. If you look at it, you will discover that that chapter opens with imitating God in love. Is that correct? Emulating God, emulating Christ in love. There's no relationship that can stand, whether outside or within the family, without love. You know that for sure. So I'm not surprised that that chapter opened up with a call for all of us to imitate God the Father and the Son in love, in sacrificial love. Correct, and we've dealt with love before. The agape love of God, the unconditional love of God. There's no greater testimony we can have as a people, no greater witness we can have as a people more than love. <laughs> Hallelujah. You didn't get what I said there, did you? No greater testimony. No greater witness. Because God himself, in John 3, 16, the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the witness that God loves people. God wants to save people. Hallelujah. Regardless of who they are, what they, where they have been, God wants to save and transform and change people to be who he wants them to be. Are you getting it? And that is, that is what we are to embody to the world as a witness. But it has to start at home. You know, there's a tendency to love people outside more than people at home. Very, very true. Am I wrong in that? We have to tell ourselves the truth. Because everyone wants to be seen as perfect outside. But love has to be shown from within first, from within the family. Jesus talking in John chapter 13, in John chapter 13, had this to say. Um, he was talking somewhere in John chapter 13. Am I right in that? Yes. In John chapter 13. And he was saying a new commandment. I think that should be verse, verse uh, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So it's a great testimony for us. But men ought to embody that at home first. Let's now go back to Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 has this to say. If you go down to, uh, we won't read all of this because we'll still talk about women and wives later. But if you just go move a bit to verse uh, 25, it says, husband, love your wife, just as Christ uh, also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify, yes, and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the world, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she <clears throat> should be holy and without blemish. Then con continue like that, talking about the love between a man and a woman in marriage. You will discover that that command was not specifically given to women, even though the first call to imitate God in love was to everyone, whether you are a man or a woman. But when it comes to marriage, God says, a man should actually be a model of what that is. Hallelujah. And it tells us what that is about. We can't go into all of this today, but if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8, which we have dealt with in this house, it tells us clearly what kind of love we are talking about, the agape love, the unconditional love of God. At home, everyone in the family, because we're still going to talk towards the children later, wife and children should see the love of God demonstrated, lived out by their father, by their husband. Hallelujah. May God help us in Jesus' name. We cannot, and it's the truth, we cannot love people outside more than we love people at home. It's not possible. May the Lord give us understanding of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are we following this morning? Yes, Lord. It's a clear thing. It is very important. And all of us must learn it. Like we said, it is not about, you know, blaming people. It's about just helping ourselves to know what God will help us do as a people. The love that we have not demonstrated at home will be difficult for us to live out, to live outside the home. And this is what God is calling us to as men. Colossians 3 verse 19 says exactly the same thing. And I'm praying that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Can someone now read for me how this is also demonstrated to us children? Because God wants us to embody his love as a father, even to our own children, the way he as a father has loved us. First John chapter 3 verse uh, 
verse 1, maybe and 2, thereabout. First John chapter 3. Behold what manner of love, and how great is the love that the Father has towards us, that we should be called his children. And this is who we are. Although the world has not known us because the world has not known him. It has not yet appeared what it will be like. What this love will produce out of our life has not been seen. So if you look at the two situations, whether it is love towards the wife as demonstrated by Christ towards the church or the love of the father towards us as his children, it is to produce a better people out of us. That is what love is. Amen. It is the love that gives everything to produce a better people out of us, out of the people. And that is exactly what God wants us to demonstrate in our home, to get the best out of our wives and out of our children, the best, to demonstrate the love of God that wants the best, that seeks the highest good of the people we relate to. Now at the family level. If you can do it at home, it will be easy to do outside. If you cannot do it at home, it will, be, it will just be mm, a showmanship outside, which is not going to last. May God help us to be a true people of law as men at home towards our, our wives and towards our children in Jesus' name. Amen. At least we think uh, that love is just, you know, uh, just uh, uh, about hugging people and say, I just love you, I just love you. That is not all about it. Are you getting me? It's a love that also brings correction, brings discipline where it is necessary, especially towards the children. Anyone who loves his or a child, the Bible says, will discipline them, will chasten them. Hallelujah. Discipline. It's part of it. You can't say you love your child and you will not discipline them. An undisciplined child is left to his his or her own devices. And that is destruction. Amen. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm just trusting God that the Lord will help us so that our families become what God wants our families to be. Because... One thing about family is that the family is supposed to mirror the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That's exactly what it is. Where righteousness is, where there is peace, where there is joy in the Holy Spirit. That is what our families ought to be. Because that's the symbol of the kingdom. And the kingdom, first of all, needs to have a reflection in our home before we can take the same thing outside. Hebrews 
in Hebrews chapter 12. Um, can someone just read for me very briefly? Uh, it, it goes on from about uh, verse 5 to 11, but we can't read that because of time. But I just want us to read verses 5 to 7. Whoever can read that should read that for us. Hebrews 12, verses 5 to 7. I'm taking a little more minute this morning, but that's... Okay, maybe I'll read now. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For he whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what sons is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Are you getting it now? This is uncomfortable. But if you want to instill discipline at home, God wants men to take the lead. Amen. We have to take the lead. Many times this is left for the, for the, for the, for the mothers to do. But men have to take the lead in discipline, in saying this is not right, this is correct, this is not correct. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The scripture specifically asks us to do that. And going alongside with that, it's not only when things go wrong that we discipline. It's also about teaching. It's about training. I can't go into all of this today, but do you know that a man is supposed to be the spiritual guide and teacher for the wife at home? Amen. But today, in most places, women actually, they have better spiritual understanding and commitment and dedication to spiritual things than men, especially in the church. Amen. 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 Especially in the church. Teaching. You have to teach your own wife. You have to teach your wife. Your wife is your first disciple. Then your children. Teaching. Women can do it, but men ought to take the lead. I kept on saying this because we are looking at not something women cannot do, but God specifically places a man in the family to lead in this. And that's why he said, demand even for you to take up leadership position outside of the church. I could have given so many scriptures, but because my time is past time this morning. But even when it comes to leadership in the church, do you know that if you don't train up your own children properly, it's going to be a problem for you, even in leadership outside. Or oh, turn with me to 
First Timothy chapter 3. I could go on and on. Do you know that this was what Abraham was commended for? When God was talking about Abraham, God specifically commended him for teaching his own family. Do you know that? In Genesis 18, I'll come back there. But let's first of all go to 1 Timothy, like I said. 1 Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, let me see what the verse is now. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible was talking about the qualification of leaders in the church. But look at what it say, the, the scripture says. It says from verse 4, one who rules his own house well, who governs, the word there is govern or lead his own house well. Having his children in submission or in obedience with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Brothers and sisters, can God commend us like he commended Abraham for leading his own house? He said he will command his children after him and every member of his household. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just praying that men will wake up to be men in our homes in Jesus' name. If we must rebuild society, we must trust God to raise men in our families, especially the church of God, which is the pillar and the ground of the truth for society. Mm. I remember being in a country, I won't tell you which country, some part of the world, not in the, not in the UK. And the first thing that shocked me then was, women will always sit in front, the men will sit at the back. I thought, well, it's just, their, it's just a style. Until my eyes were open to the fact that exactly, that mirrors exactly what goes on spiritually at home. Women take the, men take the back seat, women take the front seat. Hallelujah. They leave everything for the women. And their hands up. That should not be the case. A man and a woman should sit together in the church. I'm not saying put the women to the back. No, that's not what the scripture says. But the reality is that we have to be, because that's the last thing I'm going to be talking about. The headship we are talking about, for a man to be the head, he has to be a head. <laughs> Spiritually. Because how then do you lead? You don't lead from the back. You lead from the front. Is it not, is it not correct? Headship is not about controlling other person. It's about being exemplary. It's about showing the way. It's about pointing the right thing to do and doing it yourself and embodying it so that others can follow you. That is what headship in the family ought to be. When, the man, when God says, the man is the head of the woman. He simply shows somebody who will provide exemplary, who will be exemplary, who will provide guidance, who will provide direction, who will provide guidance. Hallelujah. Both for the woman and for the rest of the family. And of course, it also means be the source, source, source. I'm not necessarily a man must end more than the wife of necessity, no, I'm not saying so. But there must, be, there must be something of you flowing to your family, the source. 
Grace must flow from you to your family. The favor of God must flow from you to your family. You can't just be, be there and say, I'm head, I'm head. No, be a source for something at home. That's how we are witnesses. Because if we cannot handle these responsibilities at home, it will be difficult for us to embody this in the society. I'm praying that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Look at what the scripture says concerning Abraham. Can someone read for me verse 19? In Genesis 18, about verse 19. Okay. I have single him out so that he will direct his son and the, and the family to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then yes. I will do to Abraham all that I have promised. Can you see that? He will do what is right and command his children after him and his members of his household along the same line. That is Abraham. And many prominent religions in the world today will take, we, we, we trace their route to Abraham. Is it not true? But Abraham, what singled him out for God was that he would be a man who will guide and direct his family to follow after him, after him, command his family, his, his children and his household after him. That this is how to be then after him. And I'm praying that God will release grace for us as a people in Jesus' name. Amen. Our families cannot crumble. Our children cannot become what, and they cannot just grow the way they like and we think will be a testimony outside. It will always reflect on us. Whatever we tell people outside, they say, no. What about his own children? Are you getting the point we're making? That was a, that's exactly what it is. They'll say, let him show us our, his own children. Oh, I'm praying that God will be proud of us and be proud of our families in Jesus' name. Because that's how we can be witnesses out there. I'm not saying there are no situations where people have done whatever they could and you know, there are exemptions, but everyone will see that. But what we are saying currently is not just about that. It's about men who are not standing as true witnesses at home. How do you explain it? Let, let, let's, let's get this right. How do we explain it? That our children, they don't have the kind of spiritual commitment that we have. It, it's, just, it's just something that it's difficult to explain, isn't it? Difficult to explain. We can talk about Isaac. You remember Isaac, when they were going to, when Abraham was going to sacrifice a young blood, he was asking questions relevant to what we were going to use to sacrifice there. You remember? Because he had learned it from somebody. Somebody embodied it for him. I'm praying that we will wake up as men and be true witnesses at home as men, as husband and as fathers in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow down our heads as we pray. Amen. I've had to rush this bit, but I just pray that God will put all of this together in our hearts 
in Jesus' name. Because there is a cry for men to rise up as ambassadors of Christ at home, at their family levels. Bow down your heads and just talk to God in whichever way you understand God. And for these women, wives, and uh, mothers amongst us, pray for the men. Pray for the men. Let's pray for our husbands. Let's pray for our sons that they will grow up to be true men who will embody Christ at home so that they can embody Christ outside the home. Pray. I credit what several women are doing in, at the home front. They are taking, they are doing more than their shares. This message was not meant to be, you know, just eloquently delivered. It's meant to be delivered with passion. This is the revival we need. That there'll be true revival in our home. That men will not just be beating their chest and say, I'm the head of this family, but they truly be leaders in their own home. That will be awakened, will be stirred up in our hearts. That we may have testimonies to give out there, to give out there. That if people encounter our children, they'll say, from which family did you come? No wonder. That's your dad. Those are your parents. We don't expect anything less. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. 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 Put your hands together for the Lord.